Coming up, are you feeling like you're doing too much in your business? Well, today's guest shows how he figures out what to systemize and how to overcome that feeling you get when you say, I can't systemize this, only I can do this. Also, he reveals how he first used Upwork to build out his own agency. All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. B7Dev.com is the app development firm dedicated to helping entrepreneurs go from app idea to success because they understand startups and don't charge you huge fees just to get your app off the ground. Learn more at B7Dev.com. With over 120 million happy users, Theorem Reach is helping app developers make more money with fun, rewarded surveys that you can easily add to your app. Go check out theoremreach.com to learn more. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content related to helping you grow your app downloads, whether it's revenues or downloads or subscriptions. We bring on the best guests to help all of us, really selfishly me, help us all grow and know what's really working in the app space. And today, I've got a phenomenal guest. He's in Sacramento, so not too far from where I'm at. And he has his own agency, Taco Agency, tacoagency.com. That's taco with a K. And he's got an app called Spare Tools as well. Think of it as like an Airbnb and Uber for all the tools that you need. I know my neighbor always pings me for some of the tools. Like, hey, you have this, you have this. But spare, with Spare Tools, you can just find it on the app as well. So without further ado, let me introduce the guest. His name is Zako Bichalik. Z, welcome to the hey, show. Hey, thanks, Steve. I appreciate it, man. I, I appreciate the awesome introduction and uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Well, let me, let's talk about how it all started with the taco agency. How'd you go about building this agency? Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a funny long story, but I'll keep it short. So, um, you know, I've been in the e-commerce space since about 2000, 2012, 2013, um, was actually very uh, highly involved in like the cryptocurrency world. Um, and I actually was helping somebody run an online store on Magento that was, um, you know, uh, all uh, Bitcoin purchases. So, you know, we were selling 300,000 electronic products for um, all for Bitcoin. Um, basically, at the time, there was no credit cards or anything accepted. And I actually at that point was uh, on the side kind of building a little bit of a network of developers, designers and all that good stuff. Um, and then kind of uh, that dwindled away. Uh, the business got sold. And so we actually I actually started looking into uh, different platforms and what others were offering. And that's where Shopify started, you know, really kind of going into the, into the bigger, uh, you know, bigger picture of things. And I was just getting tired of Magento and all these platform, other platforms. And it was just one of those things where I really wanted to make sure that, um, you know, we're, we're kind of uh, moving forward in the right direction with like the team that I was trying to build. Mm -hmm. So I picked Shopify to uh, kind of be our backbone because of the ease of use from the 
you know, merchant side of things. So after I got a few developers, we were unofficially taco agency um, for a couple of years. And then in about 2016, I believe it was 15, I made it official, kind of got the name out there and um, started really building a client list. Um, And so that's kind of how taco agency got started. And then we were really, um, you know, trying to make sure that we're catering to kind of the high level of design and development that people needed and not just, you know, uh, throw away stuff where, you know, you're, you're doing patchwork. We really want it to be more of a full solutions for full service agency. How did you, and we're going to talk all about processes and you love processes and I really suck I at do. that. So like, I want to learn all <laughs> about that from you, but like yeah. what, before I get into that, like, how did you find that first client? Um, so it was actually, I started building my uh, network actually on Upwork. Um, Mm -hmm. and because on Upwork, I was, you know, basically starting from scratch. So it was one of those things where I was doing a lot of consulting work around project management. So what I would do is people would hire me for project management. And usually that comes with working with developers and designers. And then at some point, um, they would basically run out of capacity in terms of, Hey, we don't have enough work, but or we don't have enough people, but we have too much work. And it was just one of those things where I was like, well, I have, you know, a couple of people that I know would love to jump on this project. And so I started bringing them on under sort of my little umbrella that was unofficial. So uh-huh. what I would do is, you know, say, Hey, you know, this person, this is their hourly rate, blah, blah, blah. And they would just basically pay me and I would pay my developer. So I started becoming somewhat of a subcontractor at that point. So I was still making money on the project management side directly from the client, but then they were also paying uh, the developer through me. So I was making a little bit of profit through that side of things. And as things started kind of picking up, we were actually just starting to get our own jobs through Upwork where we were getting hired for design and development directly. So at that point, it was just one of those things where I was like, okay, this is kind of, you know, two, three clients a week. I, you know, was starting to take up my time and I really couldn't do any more project management. And I stepped into more of a founder and product manager role in terms of, you know, kind of uh, client facing stuff. That's awesome, man. When yeah, did you feel yeah. like it was the right moment? To, and I guess you had people like on an hourly type of thing to develop it, developers. When did you feel like it was the right moment to maybe switch over, build out the team, hire that first employee? What was that like? What was that moment? Uh, surprisingly, uh, I don't think I ever got to that moment. I think it just all happened organically. Like, I think it was just one of those things where I just kept building, bringing in projects and people kept depending me, uh, depending on me for their, for their paycheck. And I was just making sure that I was bringing in projects and that everything else was being done. Aside from that, I was also doing, you know, the project management and everything internally, making sure I was the liaison between the client and the, and the developers and the right. designers. So I was really doing, you know, wearing like five different hats. I mean, we didn't have any marketing. We didn't do any. So it was, you know, it's a grind like everything yeah. else. It was just one of those things where it was a grind. Uh, but, you know, we don't even at this point where we're all uh, all of my quote unquote employees are all still actually contractors. Um, we don't actually have any full-time, you know, everyone is full-time, but they're not full-time employees. They're just Got actual it. full-time contractors. So, um, and I prefer to keep it that way. I think most people do because 
I'm actually a big proponent of people being able to do side hustles and write, run their own businesses on the side. Me and too. I don't want anyone to ever feel like they're working uh, for me. I want to rather work with people. So that's always been my met- um, methodology. And I want to stick to that as long as I possibly can. I love that, man. All right. The yeah. other thing I want to move on to is you, you said Shopify. You know, I'm always like a little bit hesitant to maybe build upon a certain other platform. Granted, we are building on Apple and Google, but we're like, okay, well, that's that's pretty solid there. But like, what made you feel like Shopify was the one that you're like, okay, I believe in Shopify. I'm going to build upon this platform. Um, I think it was one of the things, like I mentioned in the beginning, uh, being on a couple of different uh, platforms such as Magento and WordPress. And even back in the day, I can't even believe that I'm mentioning this, but Joomla. I mean, it was like, <laughs> you know, this yeah. this outdated thing. Um, I always saw a need of people being able to manage their own business from the perspective of marketing and being able to simply you know, change out a hero image or change a color of a button or something. And I feel like with a lot of these systems, you, it was always engineer dependent. And I didn't really like that because that would take away time from us to actually do the real work, right? So people contacting us to say, hey, can you change this button for me? Can you change the text here? Mm. I personally believe no matter how uh, technically uh, inclined or declined you are, you should be able to do that yourself at some point. You're running an online business. So my belief is that if you don't know how to do it, I'll teach you how to do it. And then you can, you know, kind of go from there. So I saw Shopify as the perfect solution because they were focusing on, I believe their motto was like, focus on running your business and we'll take care of everything else type of thing. And from a perspective of obviously they'll give you a template, you can put load pictures. Everything is a drag and drop type of thing. And so for me, it was almost a no brainer when I saw also the support that they were providing for their merchants and for their agencies, because they would give you open doors to their resources. They would give you any kind of, um, you know, uh, tools that they could give you to make sure that the merchant is uh, well set up. And if you needed anything, um, they would be there to support you, answer any dev questions or anything like that. So to me, that was really appealing because you don't get that with WordPress or Magento. You have to go through, you know, development platform or development forums like Stack Overflow and all these other places to figure out certain things. You know, you can't sometimes wait three to four days for someone to answer a question for you maybe just need that immediate you know chat response type of thing and so to me it was always nice I always prefer to go directly to the source rather than to you know have this whole work around of people doing it 10 different ways 10 different times type of thing man I remember my first e-commerce this is probably like 2005 I sold these decal stickers on the web and it was built on OS commerce dude and oh, I just shit. Yeah, I just hacked that thing. And dude, it was way easier back then when to rank on Google. So I was ranking number one for like Batman stickers, Superman stickers. And that's how I got my customers. And it was all through PayPal. But I just set up OS Commerce on some PHP website. And then that's how we got rocking and rolling. And that's yeah. that my first e-commerce. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, I feel like that whole solution that you just mentioned there, I feel I feel like Shopify provides that for the non-technical yeah. people at this point, especially now with the whole COVID thing and people just needing to get online when they were probably 80%, you know, retail-based businesses. So yeah, that's kind of where, where we're at at this point. And I think that really brings a lot of value. And I personally believe that's why a lot of their, you know, their stocks are, are, are at an all-time high at this point. Yeah. So let's talk about processes. Like what is your macro 
strategy of coming up with the process? Like, I guess to, maybe we could start from the very beginning. Like, when do you feel like, okay, this process should be sort of systemized and we should put a process into this. <laughs> I'm using process too much, but you know what I mean? Like we should yeah. put some documentation behind this thing that we do. We always do. Um, so I'm a, I'm a huge believer in, uh, in terms of if I'm doing anything more than three to four times the same way, that there needs to be a process around this. So whether that's, you know, anything even simple as like a sales template where, you know, person reaches out and says, Hey, I need my website built. You know, it's always easier for me to, it might seem a little bit automated, but to me, it's like, if I can send you a link and you can give me an answer to 15 questions that I probably could get a good idea where you're at on budget wise on whatever it is, then there needs to be a process for that. So to me, uh, we're optimizing every day as many processes and streamlined and efficient things that we have running our business every day we're improving. Like every day we're looking at things like, okay, how can we cut down time here? Because my personal thing is I would love for people to, uh, to focus on actually doing, uh, you know, deep work and stuff that that's actually, um, you know, uh, kind of more of a return on investment for themselves in terms of time to correlating it to monetary side of things than to be doing busy, like homework, busy work type of thing. Because at the end of the day, a lot of this stuff with all the different tools nowadays is very automated. And I think we'd be crazy not to utilize some of those tools. Now you can get to a point where you're using too many tools and then <laughs> things start going the other way where you start getting fragmented. So there has to be a happy balance, but for us, it's it's like if we have like two to three really, really good systems and it runs, you know, 40% of our processes, then we're doing a pretty good job. Yeah, I like that. If I'm doing three to four times, I'll tell you one thing where I was doing something for our clients and it was just taking like a couple hours, but it was like dumb work, right? Like I was just copy yeah. and pasting, copy and pasting, copy and pasting, copy and pasting. And I was just like, this is stupid. Like I'm wasting two hours of my time doing this when I can literally have a machine do this or just somebody who knows how to do this. And all they have to do is copy and paste. And I just got on, I use Loom for everything now. And I just recorded yeah. myself doing it and just be like, hey, you know, I have somebody on my team. And I was like, look, hey, you do this moving forward. Here's how you do it. And dude, it worked out, right? Like yeah. it's great. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think sometimes you got to look at it. What I'm always a proponent of, Hey, what do I delegate and what do I, what do I take on myself? And, yeah. you know, uh, building a team of people that know how to wear, you know, the five different hats that I can wear, I can always trust people to do the right thing and just say, Hey, here's how I did it. And I'm always telling them, if you find a wet, better way, please let us know, because I don't think my way is perfect. It works, mm -hmm. but if you find something better then you know, let's go with that because I'm always, you know, a proponent of making sure that things are running smoothly. So let me ask you this, Z, because you know, yeah. if you talked to me like two years ago, I would have been like, Z, you know what? There's just some things I cannot systemize and I can't put into a process. I need to do it. What would you say to that person? Um, Steve, two years I, ago. Uh, I would probably say, uh, I would kind of go back to that saying that says, if you want to do it right, then you got to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. um, because I think there is going to be stuff that, you know, you don't want to sound, sometimes you don't want to sound too automated when you're doing certain things. You don't want to send the same email to everybody and be like, Oh, I just got another because everyone's doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a level of, if you don't, if you don't have a system for something, you you gotta you gotta see which part of it maybe it's a micro side of things that you can systemize and the rest of it might be manual so even if you can 
cut that down into smaller pieces where certain things are systemized, and then you need to take it from there and make it a manual process, then I think you're still improving your efficiency. And I think at some point, you'll get to that point where maybe everything will be more systemized from that perspective. But I don't think I would have a perfect answer, to be honest. I think it's like a matter of what it is, how how efficient do you really need to get? Because, I mean, there's still stuff till this day that I do manually. And I think, you know, it, it sometimes hurts me to do it manually because I'm like, <laughs> oh, there's got to be a system for this. But there really sometimes isn't. There's not a perfect solution for everything out there. And now that we're like on an agency level, you know, I'm always like, well, we can build this tool and I'm sure a thousand other people mm-hmm. need it. So I kind of get, you know, a little overexcited because I burn very bright. When I have an idea, I need it done yesterday type of thing. Yeah, I'm, dude, I'm, we're the same. I'm the same way. I think you answered it perfectly, dude. Like, honestly, I think you answered it perfectly because you said, hey, look at the micro. Maybe it's not everything, but maybe there is a step within the thing that you're doing that you can sort of say offload and systemize. And that's what I did with that thing I was telling you about. It was just, I would have an ASO project and I would be like, well, coming up with all the keywords where I felt like my brain power was needed, but then getting the data for these keywords was the manual process that took me an hour or two, just copy and pasting into our favorite tools and getting the data and copy and pasting to our spreadsheet. And so that was the thing I offloaded. I didn't offload the entire ASO process, just this manual labor process that I was just like, oh my God. But then, you know, like in the beginning, I was just like, it's only two hours of my time. It's fine, whatever, you know, I'll get it done. But it's like, it's not that. And I'm like, easy. It's like, well, I don't want to have to like email my team member and wait a day or two. But then now it's like, well, I just, she's out in India. And I'm like, I just do it right before I go to bed or I close out for the day. I know that's when she's about to wake up. And then next morning I'll have it ready to go. Right. Like, yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah. this is it. This is how it exactly. works. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's also kind of the thing about, uh, like I said, I, I burn very bright. So I'm one of those people that <laughs> when I get an idea, I'll go in and do this whole like, deep dive into like how I see it working, how it works in my head. And, and then I'll pass it over to my tech lead and be like, what do you think about this? And it should be like, well, this is just not going to work because of this and this and this. And then I get shot down. And then all of a sudden I come back and be like, well, what about this? And it was just like, I need it done. Like I want this done because I know I can use it. And if we can, you know, change it into a monetary thing, like we're, we're kind of stepping into that world of building more products. And I think, you know, we'll get to this topic about like the apps that we built and all this, but we want to become essentially, you know, right now we're like 20% uh, product-based business and an 80% uh, service-based business. We want to definitely move that needle over to more of a product-based business. We're in the same boat here. Before we move into the product side of things, last last thing I'll want to talk about with you would be sometimes it takes a couple of times, right? Like I think when we think about processes, we think that, okay, we've had this process now we hand it over and it's just going to be perfect from day one. No, like there were some things where I thought I wouldn't be able to systemize. I wouldn't be able to teach somebody how to do it. It just was time. Like I needed to invest a month of my time in teaching somebody so that finally now it feels like, okay, like I'm only doing about 20% of the work now and you just sort of need to invest that time too. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. All right, brother. So next to, so when you have this, when you said this 80, 20, Hey, I want to build a product. So, you know, I don't have this capability because I'm more of a marketing thing, but you do. So how do you decide like, Oh man, people want this. Like I want this. People want this. So how do you decide like, because you have the ability to build stuff, like how do you decide which ones to build and which ones to be like, no, this is just my Z's unique need that nobody else needs. 
Ah, you know, that's, that's kind of the heart. That's the thing that I battle with all the time. And it's like, I have all these ideas and sometimes I'm like, do, do people really want this? And then I'll just go through like Twitter and I'll go, you know, hashtag searching and seeing what people are talking about. And then I'll see what, what the real need is. And maybe I'll come to find out that, you know, a lot of people are just not with it and they just don't need it. And then that's where it kind of, you know, fizzles out on my end. But, um, that we're on right now that I I don't know why it's not out there. I've searched product hunt. I've searched everywhere possible, and it's not out there. And we're we're actually building out a uh, GIF newsletter. And so what it is is you basically go on and you type in your name and your email, and you select three categories, and you can decide you want to uh, get emails weekly or monthly. And there's basically no text in that email, and they're just going to send you GIFs based on those categories. So every day, every time you look at your email, you might actually have a laugh instead of being like, oh, it's just another newsletter type of thing. It's more of like a, hey, I want to I laugh a little bit when I look at my email type of thing. Oh, I like that, man. What is that thing yeah. called? It's going to be called the GIF letter. GIF letter. Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I can send you some screenshots afterwards, yeah, too. Dude. We have it all like, nice and designed. I mean, it's super simple, but it's just one of those things where I'm like, this is kind of cool. Like, we use it on Slack all the time, you know, yeah. just kind of sending people GIFs. And it's like, I, I don't know many newsletter uh, things that are actually make me like laugh. It's always like, Oh, I read a cool story or I did this. I don't know much that that makes me laugh. So I definitely want, you know, people to kind of have a different email experience from that perspective. I like that. What about spare tools? Like what, what made you want to say, let's go ahead and build a full blown app for this. Oh yeah. So that was, so that's kind of an interesting story. So about four years ago, uh, my girlfriend and her sister actually were moving into their uh, own house. It was a little bit of an older house and um, my dad is very, very handy with things. He can, you know, do fireplaces. He can do, you know, landscape work. He does all that stuff. And, uh, you know, we needed a wet saw, actually, to cut the tile on the, on the fireplace. I was helping him, you know, kind of build it and all this other stuff. And I was just like, wait, we have to actually go out and pay like four or $500 for a wet saw that can cut through this. Like there's gotta be some sort of like rental type of thing. So we, I went on my, you know, on my phone and I just went to the app store and it's just said typed in tool rental and nothing popped up. And I was just like, what the, excuse my language, what the <laughs> fuck? And my dad was like, yeah, that's weird. There should be somebody that we can rent it from in the neighborhood. And I'm like, there's no possible way. So I just went on and scoured the place and I was just like, nope, there's nothing out there. So then I was just like, I need to, I kind of want to do this because I feel like this would be a really cool little like, you know, the tool business is like a $60 billion market. And mm. I was just like, this might be actually a pretty cool place to kind of engage into an app type of thing. So it actually took me about, a total of about one year, I would say year and a half, maybe to actually get to the point where I'm like, okay, um, I had just purchased actually a house too. So I was like, okay, this is a perfect time for me to either decide what do I want to do with my next, like I could just keep running a service agency or I can actually, you know, kind of branch out and start doing different things. Mm -hmm. And worst case scenario is that we use this as one of our portfolio items and we say, Hey, listen, we can build awesome mobile apps. We can do design. We could do all this. So it was like kind of a no brainer at that point. And so I went in and I just did this like five page document that was like, this is why people need it. This is the functionality. These are the things that needs to have and all this. And I just kind of handed it off to my designer and I said, Hey, give me the, the basically the whole enchilada. Give me the branding. Give me the everything that you could possibly think of as a, like a full fledged product. 
and he was actually really excited to work on something like this. And then once I saw the designs and everything, and I was like, wow, this actually feels like it's coming to life. And so then we just started slowly building it. It took us about six to eight months to build out the basically like the first uh, version and, um, you know, kind of just got it off the ground. And I was like, you know what, I'm not going to put any more money or effort into into like you know, blowing this thing up or anything like that. Um, and at this point, we I think we get like two to five signups a week on organic, just like blog content. Like we get a lot of content. Stra- we do a lot of content strategy for a lot of our clients. And so we just kind of bake that into our process. And we actually, uh, you know, we release, I believe, like one or two blogs uh, a week for spare tools. And usually we can correlate that right back to um, the overall kind of success of like all the cu- customers that are coming on board. The app is not making any making any money at the moment. It's all just kind of break even. But it's just interesting to see like people emailing us. When is it coming out for Android? When is it coming at this? And there's a, a lot of interest. People are asking us to you know license the platform and different things like that. So there's just a lot of different things that come about it from that perspective. So it was just one of those things that it was a passion project, and then just turned it into you know a little side hustle business. I like it, and it's also like the. What was I going to say? Like, make sure other agency look better too. Like, hey, you know, they actually make stuff of their own. They're not just doing stuff for clients as well. Exactly, exactly. And there's a lot of apps and different things that we get, you know, inquired about and say, right. hey, you know, we we want something that's very similar to like a marketplace type of thing. And mm-hmm. so it's good for us because we already have sort of the foundation to, you know, start off and say, oh, okay, so this is what we did for spare tools and this is what we have to do for, you know, this client. That's awesome. Man. Hey, walk me through yeah. your content strategy then. Like, how do you go, what are you guys using to come up with? Cause I'm looking at some of the blog posts on spare tools. Like, how do you guys come up with a topic to go focus on? I, I got to give all the credit to, to my head of marketing and spare tools. Uh, her name is Grace. Um, she is, she's amazing. She was actually there before we even launched the app. And I basically wanted her to, you know, I brought her on board and I was like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Uh, I just need somebody that's really, really good at writing. Somebody that needs to really, uh, you know, knows this kind of space and she's kind of like a handy person. She does a lot of little things and she was like, this is actually really fun. I said, okay, well, let's just, you know, let's come up with strategy on how to do this. And so um, she was like, you know, these are the topics that we could talk about. And now we have actually six writers on our team that are, you know, focusing across different, different topics and different strategies and different things like that. But um, yeah, with spare tools, um, you know, I got to give all the credit really to her on coming up with a lot of this stuff because um, she's kind of the brains behind the whole content strategy. Are you guys using any type of tracking to know that, hey, these are the blog posts that are driving the most downloads and so forth? Or you kind of just seeing like, these are the blog posts that are getting most traffic. So they're probably the most, you know, this is probably the blog post that's driving the most downloads too. Uh, so we are using some UTM tags here and there. Um, okay. we, 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 we do do that, but we don't have, I mean, we don't look at it as like, oh, these, there's a hundred people on our blog post here yesterday. And, you know, this many people came through from this exact blog post. I mean, our biggest blog post to date that's caused, I think, 20% of our traffic has was released a couple of days or a couple of weeks ago. It was uh, something regarding Airbnb and mm. some of the best Airbnbs in America. And it was just, you know, uh, yeah, it's like the top 20 coolest Airbnbs in the in America right now. And mm-hmm. I think that blog post gets probably like a couple hundred people a day to our website. Nice, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're the, the whole point for this was like, 
we want to make sure that it's organic. We don't want, I mean, I can go in and spend a bunch of money and, you know, all this other stuff, but um, I really want to, you know, have a proof of concept that organic does really work as well. So Spare Tools is kind of like a testing platform for us. Got it, man. And I love how it's it's sort of, I'm looking at your code on the Spare Tools. It's using the same technology that you've built with the taco agency as well, it looks like. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Got it. Cool, brother. Yeah. This is great. How have you kind of figured out like, all right, I want to devote my resources, my dev work to this side project that I want to get going versus like, hey, there's client work. Do the client work. How do you sort of manage that? Oh man, that's that's an ongoing battle to be honest <laughs> with you. So uh, my managing director, Lindsay, actually, she is uh, she does a lot of our capacity planning in terms of like where the time is being allocated. Um, we we try to we look at some of the internal stuff more as like fun work, like stuff that doesn't have a deadline. We don't put mm-hmm. a time frame on it. We don't say hey, it needs to be out tomorrow. We don't do that. We just say hey. If you don't have too much client stuff to do, here's a couple projects that you can like keep yourself that. busy and you know keep it moving. And at some point, you know, we obviously want to launch it and get things out the door. Um, but it's not like we don't tie ourselves to some sort of time frame to make sure that you know anybody's stressing about it about it or anything like that. We want to make sure that you know it's more of like a fun thing. Um, but yeah, it's sometimes it does become a little bit of a, uh, you know, a financial kind of thing where I'm like, okay, well, we just spent, you know, 60% of our time this week's, you know, working on our internal apps when we only did maybe like 40% billable work and, you know, kind of got to outweigh our differences every single month. But for the most part, it's usually, you know, um, 60, 70% client work and the rest is usually um, internal work. I like that, man. And I think that's, you said it perfectly because I'm like you, like this should have been done yesterday. Like, Hey, what about, where are we on this project? Right. Cause we're trying to do more products too. And then it's just having to understand that we're an agency first. And so this stuff, forget the deadline. (laughs) Like you said, it's like six to eight months. And it's like, yeah, you know, like sometimes that feels like a long time and looking back on it, it probably was when you're going through it, but now it's like, yeah, it's out now. We have something yeah. to show for it, which is really cool. Exactly. And, and to know that it wasn't a high stress uh, project yeah. and everyone kind of had their input and fun on it. And everyone's a, everyone's a little bit more proud at that point too. You yeah. know, everyone's a little bit more like, oh yeah, we worked on this and we got this done and you know, all this other stuff. So no, I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a good balance for, especially in the agency life. Sometimes you deal with, you know, crappy clients. Sometimes you deal with a lot of different stuff and it's like, you don't want that all the time. I love it, man. That's why I love this podcast, yeah. man. Like you, you get to, it's really just therapy for me too. It's like talking to other business owners and entrepreneurs and kind of going through some of the same struggles and you feel like, oh, well, yeah, we're all going through the same stuff. That's, that's exactly why I started my podcast, man. I actually, uh, that, that's literally what the reason was. I was like, it's like <laughs> self-therapy with other people who are in the same, in the same boat. And, you know, just talking to people recently, they're just, you know, oh, my business went down by 20, 30% last month because of all this, you know, COVID stuff and all this. I'm like, oh man, I wasn't the only one then, you know, that thing. <laughs> yeah. so it's like, it kind of makes you, it gives you a little bit of that relief. So um, no, I, I completely agree with you, man. It's like, I, I can't wait to get these first few episodes out. I already have, you know, a few people booked for the next few weeks, which is really exciting. And just yeah. getting to know, you know, what people are going through, just kind of like, you know, how, how's your business going? How's, how are things working? What can you improve? What did you have to do to, you know, optimize a little bit? Because, you know, not everyone's cash flush all the time. So you got to make some, you know, maybe some negative calls at some point, but that's, you know, that's part of the whole hustle. I love it, man. What's the podcast? Yeah. Like? 
Uh, it's going to be called Taco Talk Podcast. So it's basically derived off the taco agency, but it's just mm-hmm. going to be Taco Talk Podcast. Awesome. And I'll link to yeah. link up into the show notes as well. By the time this comes out, I'm sure the, the podcast will be out as well. Dude, yeah, dude. I have the I have the I have the website and everything already dialed in. I have all my all my stuff dialed in. It's just a matter of editing a couple of the videos because we're gonna be also a video platform as well. Nice. So we're gonna put everything up on YouTube and you know, all this stuff. So we're definitely um, trying to make it like a whole uh, you know, and we're going to get a lot of our team members on there as well to make sure that everyone has a, you know, kind of a part in it as well. So it'll be awesome. And I'm, I'm super excited about it. So I'll send you the link uh, when the website's ready to go. Please. All right, man. Yeah. Well, anything I missed that you want to make sure we cover? Uh, no, I just do want to say thank you so much for following up on this. And uh, mm-hmm. it was a, you know, it was a pleasure talking to you. And I think this is awesome what you're doing and keep going, man. And if you mm-hmm. ever want to, you know, jump on another podcast, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, let's do it. Well, and we're not quite done yet, but before we be the man, I always do the thing. I always have an ad, but I'm not doing ads right now. <laughs> but see, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. So give us one app we definitely should check out besides Spare Tools. Uh, one app you should definitely check out. Give me one second. Let me look at my phone. Oh, you know what I've been actually in love with recently is yep. the Hey app by Basecamp. Oh, yeah? Um, the, the email app for mm-hmm. Basecamp. Um, I'm actually really excited because I'm hoping that they release kind of the company domain version of it. I've been really, really big fan of how they've revamped email completely. I I am a a huge fan. I actually reached out to them and told them, like, thank you for making an amazing product. Um, I I think everyone should check it out. It is, you know, it's a paid service. But um, I, I really respect what they do on the privacy side of things and how they actually thought about email in general and it really really works that's awesome man i gotta check it out but i was like oh do i really want to pay for this <laughs> but, no, it, it's worth it man i'm telling right, man. you i wouldn't be i wouldn't be just saying that it's 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 definitely worth it that's cool what's a lesson it could be business or personal but what's a lesson that took you the longest to learn um let people do uh let people do what they want to do and they're always going to do the right thing i love it and yeah. if the uh, and if the audience wants to follow up with you, actually, let me give you a plug. So the agency is called Taco Agency. So T-A-K-O agency.com. All that is linked up in your favorite podcast app. So you just click on Z's name or Taco Agency. You'll go to that. And then Z, if the audience wants to follow up with you in any way, do you want to send them anywhere else? Uh, yeah, they can all, I'm pretty responsive on my Twitter. So it's just Z, the letter Z as in zebra, Bajelic, B-I-J-E-L-I-C. If you just, uh, you know, type in Zlatko from, if you look at the name on the podcast and you just type that in, I don't think there are too many of me out there. <laughs> um, so uh, you could just follow me there. I'm usually uh, pretty responsive on Twitter. I don't really do any of the other social media things. Um, uh, Twitter is kind of like my, my go-to thing. I love it. So if you just click on Z's name, you'll go to his Twitter profile and you can tweet him there. So if you got anything out, out of this, find a way to thank the guests like I'm about to do now. Z, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. I appreciate it, Steve. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to, uh, you know, kind of seeing this episode roll out. And uh, yeah, let's definitely keep, him, keep it going. Love it, brother. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you on the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.